Hello, and welcome to Talking Sports with TK. I am Tommy Chrysan. Glad to be here. Glad to have you there. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I ask you to please share it with all of your friends. This episode, Chin Music. Got some Major League Baseball talk with award-winning author Rick Robinson. We're going to talk about ballparks and what do we like in a ballpark. Also going to talk about the automated strike zone. Is it coming to Major League Baseball? And several layers of things that are involved when auto strike zones come to Major League Baseball. Not happening real soon. We got some interesting thoughts on that and much, much more in the world of Major League Baseball. Again, share this podcast with all your friends. You'll always be able to get a link if you connect with me on social media. Tommy Chrysan, K-R-Y-S-A-N, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I'm the oldest dude on TikTok. Search for Talking Sports with TK on TikTok. I'm always happy to connect with anyone and everyone out there. The Talking Sports with TK podcast available on all your major platforms wherever you get your podcast. And again, please share this in particular with your baseball fans, uh, friends that are fans and all that good stuff. Tons of football stuff coming up soon. College football media days across the country for all conferences will be happening in about a month. We'll be ready for the fall at Talking Sports with TK, as will our website, meatandpotatoesusa.com, which helps you win money when you gamble on football in the fall, college and pro. Hey, we're going to hear a quick message from our host, Anchor. He, they take care of this podcast for us and put it out on all the platforms. Then we'll be back and we'll be joined by award-winning author Rick Robinson for this episode of Chin Music. You are listening to Talking Sports with TK. I am Tommy Chrysan. Stay tuned. We continue with Talking Sports with TK. Again, I'm Tommy Chrysan, about to be joined by award-winning author Rick Robinson for this episode of Chin Music, some Major League Baseball talk for you here on this podcast. Good afternoon, Rick. How are you doing? Tommy, I'm doing wonderful, surviving the heat here in the lovely Midwest. I bet players are sitting back today and wondering what it was like to play in wool uniforms. Oh, man, that'd be tough. Can you imagine that? Bunning always told me one Bunning told me one time that when, when he used to, well, when we had him on the show, when we had him on the radio show here, I remember him talking about when they would play in in louisiana down in new orleans and they would come out in the wool uniforms and he said he would go through two or three uniforms during a game and lose 14 pounds in water weight (laughs) he would just be out on the mound it was that brutal and of course then he'd go to a water committee meeting and replace that water that's right you have to tommy is uh knows his uh knows his washington lingo and when he came to visit me, there was a time every day where you would sneak out of the office late in the afternoon and go to the water committee meeting, which was in the basement of the Capitol Hill Club, a nice little bar uh, where we could uh, get a cold one every now and then. Hey, Rick, let's talk about some Major League Baseball ballparks. I know that's a huge topic for lots of people. You know, I had a really fun thing happen to me recently. I was doing a book signing at a bookstore, and they and they put me in front of the sports section because the new book is about fly fishing. And I looked around, and I was really kind of amazed at the number of books there were about ball yards. You know, some people doing picture books, some doing everything. So there was a couple books there that actually got into ranking the fields ranking what it was to, to, to go to the different parks. And it got me thinking that, you know, there are different things and different expectations that people have when they go to a ballpark, where, whereas I might like Camden Yards, uh, 
somebody else might like, uh, you know, going to Bush Garden, Bush Stadium. So, you know, it was kind of interesting to look at this. This one book went through and, and actually listed, you know, the best food parks, the best uh, barks, ballparks for, you know, for you now, Tommy, now that you got grandkids, you know, best ballparks for to having young kids uh, where they can go out and, you know, and, 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 you know, swing a wiffle ball bat when they when they want to. And I thought it was really kind of fascinating because it got me thinking about what I look for in a ballpark. Okay. And the thing that I really like uh, in a ballpark is I like to be able to get up and walk around. You know, uh, you know, ADHD boy here, me down, you know, after three innings, I got to get up and walk somewhere. And I get very frustrated when I'm at a ballpark where I go to walk around the, the concourse and I can't see anything. Used to love going to games at Nationals Ballpark in Washington, D.C. because the whole outfield is just wide open. You go out right. there, stand on the deck, watch the game, have a beautiful view of the ballpark, go back to your seats, watch the rest of the game. Uh, St. Louis, horrible to walk around it. Couldn't see a thing when you walk around the concourse. So those were kind of, that was really kind of kind of got me as where where I started thinking about where the greatest my favorite ballparks are. And for me personally, that also excludes all the old ballparks. Okay, I've been to Fenway, <laughs> I've been to Wrigley. <laughs> You've been to them. You know, the seats point to the outfield no matter where you're at. Uh, Fenway, there is a, a pecking order of how far you're allowed to lean in when you're in the outfield seats because you're going to block somebody else's view. Quite honestly, I went there. I saw the game. I said I've been there. They were horrible to watch a game in. Horrible. You know, and now you got a lot of parks that, that really do cater to different people that are looking for stuff. What, I mean, what do you, you – you take it – now you take a young in these days, so so what do you look for in a in a ball yard? Well, I'm like you. I don't like to sit still for that long for a long baseball game or even a short baseball game. I like to walk around Houston Astros Minute Maid Park that is walking around. And the thing with the newer parks, when you walk around, you're still going to see the game. There's going to be a TV screen somewhere. If you're in line at the concession stand, there's a TV screen. You go in the bathroom and there's a TV screen. So, I mean, you can't miss anything. And the souvenir shops, you know, got nine million choices with the the particular team logo. But but I want to score board where I can keep up with other scores and now they all show you what type of pitch it is, how many miles per hour. I mean, you really get a lot of info at the park and almost NASCAR look, if you will. There's advertising everywhere, but it's all about the money. Uh, I like a ballpark and, and if I'm going to go to a park, I went to St. Louis a couple summers ago, had great seats. I was not far from the field. I'm not really that guy that's going to be okay with sitting way in the upper deck. Being a sportscaster for a long time, I've been in press boxes all over the place. And if I'm not in the press box, I want to sit much, much closer to the field. And uh, that's what I look for in a ballpark. You can park easily, get into the park, get out of there after the game, plenty to eat and drink. And you, know, you got to be entertained while you're at the ballpark. Most of the modern parks do that now. I thought Yankee Stadium and their new design was absolutely brilliant because I've never been in upper decks where I felt close to the game. Somehow, <laughs> some way in their in their various decks, they still keep you in that that friendly confined type of atmosphere. Uh, and it was a wonderful ball ball yard to see it in. I would hate to say that that I would go see a Yankee ball game every day. That's somehow against my my inner inner uh, feelings. Uh, but it was just a phenomenal place to watch a ball game. 
A lot of conversation by players, umpires, managers, uh, media across the country. The automated strike zone is coming to Major League Baseball. They're minor league leagues trying to get the system out a little bit. There'll always be a hiccup or two. I was somebody when first heard about that, I was against it. Hey, let the human beings call the balls and strikes. But you got modern technology that can make the game more accurate and perhaps speed it up a notch. I think it's it's coming. I think it's going to be there. But here's the big thing. There's going to be a huge learning curve, approximately long, for the fans. Because that automated strike zone will appear to be a strike the way you've been watching baseball for 10 years, 50 years, however long you've been watching. Because it'll, when it crosses the plate, not necessarily how it's caught. But I think people will eventually adjust just like they've in, adjusted to replay review in all sports and in particular baseball. I think it's coming to baseball. I think it's needed. Get a system that works, but don't try it at the major league level. Do what you're doing. Try it out in the minor league le- level, accurate and as smooth as possible. Then bring it to maybe major league spring training. And then maybe the year after that, bring it into major leagues or, or something like that uh, is what I think. One of the things that is out there right now that is causing all of the hubbub is when a high or a low pitch comes in and it's outside that box that you see on television. Two things. You're right, Tommy. It doesn't take into account the, the cutter that drops, that crosses the plate at, at the right position, but then drops down to the catcher in the in the final move. Uh, a pitcher that with good with, can do that. And more importantly, and this is what they're going to have to change, is that when a player comes in to Major League, when he makes the roster in his rookie year, they form up where the strike zone is on his rookie year of his camp. If that, if he changes a batting stance, if he changes anything else along the way, the strike zone that you see on television has not been adjusted. So with a lot of players, they're using a strike zone that is four or five, maybe more years older than what you see on television, irregardless of what that batter has done to change the way he addresses the ball when he's at the plate. That's one thing they're going to have to do because they're going to have to have a year-by-year readjustment of that strike zone. I agree with that completely. I mean, one of the greatest hitters of all time, Rod Carew, would change his batting stance from pitch to pitch, depending on the count, you know, and then you got other guys who have changed their stance over the years. So that's all part of it, which is why you can't snap your fingers and put it in effect tomorrow or next week. There's a lot of layers involved. Rick Robinson, uh, one thing I want to make a comment about replay review. I, I am totally disgusted when I hear the term that play is reviewable that should not exist that term that statement should not be i realize the flip side is if you start reviewing everything the game will be five hours long but if there's a situation that happens don't say it's not reviewable review it take 30 seconds 40 seconds and if the brief conclusive evidence to make the change then then don't make the change let the call stand I can't, it makes my blood boil in all sports, in particular in baseball, when they say, well, that play is not reviewable. Why not? Well, why not is because you're exactly right, Tommy. We don't want ball games lasting five hours. 
and they're going to yeah, have to come up I, with some way to take a look at this where they can have the right call at the right time for the right amount of time. Well, we'll, we'll see if they can work on that. Rick Robinson, before we get out of here, tell all the good folks how they can get a hold of your award-winning work. Many of your books are in the political arena, but you got many with sports flavor, including your most recent about fly fishing. Tell people how they can get it. Signing tonight, actually, uh, for a Fish Ate My Homework, where we're going to be doing a little fly fishing instruction while we do it. But if you want a copy without the personalized instruction, you can pick those up at Amazon or bookstores everywhere. A Fish Ate My Homework, a beginner's guide to fly fishing. <laughs> hey, Rick, we appreciate the, your time again for this episode of Chin Music. We again ask folks to share it with everybody they know. Rick, we'll talk to you again.